and brothers in Christ. There is a wonderful verse in the 10th chapter of John's Gospel. It's verse 18, and it's especially good for us as we enter our Holy Week preparation. Jesus says in that verse, No one takes my life from me. I give my life of my own free will. I have the authority to give my life, and I have the authority to take my life back again. It's what the Father has ordered me to do. Now, as we enter Holy Week and go through the observances of the passion and death of our Lord, who do you think is in control? Do you think it's Pilate or the Romans? Do you think it's uh, Caiaphas, the high priest, or the Sadducees, or the Pharisees? Do you think the Sanhedrin, or Judas, or Peter, or Herod, or Barabbas? <laughs> Not a one of them. I give my life, Jesus said, of my own free will. So as we observe this Palm Sunday, we would do well to make sure that we understand that the events which are about to unfold in the week that is ahead that we call Holy Week are under the control of Almighty God. And under control of Almighty God, these events will demand, I say they will necessitate, that Jesus sets aside His divine glory and empties Himself, humbles Himself, St. Paul said in our epistle lesson today, even unto death. Yeah. Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, St. Paul said, did not count equality with God something that he would grasp unto, but instead he emptied himself. Right? Took upon the form of a servant, was born in the likeness of a human, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. And I'm going to stop right there and talk for a while about humbling himself. Today is Palm Sunday, and the king of the universe rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, a poor man's animal of burden, and a borrowed one at that. I wonder if we really grasp the depth of what God is telling us as Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. What we fail to grasp, I think, is what the Lord is really doing as he enters the city. Do we connect it to these words of John chapter 10, you know, that I read earlier? No one takes my life from me. I give my life of my own free will. In that Palm Sunday parade, Jesus is setting aside his divine authority and entering the depth of human humiliation. Yes, the parade might have said, Hosanna to the king. But that king is coming to serve, to become a slave, and the place to look for him in this world is not in places of power and wealth like you would think a king would be associated with but rather we find Jesus in places of humiliation and weakness we need to understand that where there are people being served God is present in the servants where there is injustice God is present with those who are being treated unjustly where there is suffering, God is with those who suffer. And where there is humiliation, God is with those who are humiliated. God hides his majesty in humiliation. And his power is hidden in weakness. He comes meek and lowly, riding on a donkey. And this, in reality, as sinful, selfish human beings 
is hard for us to believe. And so we need to look at the king today riding on a donkey. After all, deep within my sinful self, I know that success is better than failure. And wealth is better than poverty, isn't it? Power is better than weakness. Being served is better than serving. And for God to differ with much of those important values that the world places on us, it's hard for us to embrace. Now this coming Thursday, Maundy Thursday, we will again see a foot-washing servant. And our reaction to a foot-washing servant is going to be the same reaction the disciples said. We don't want our king washing our feet. To which Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you've got no place in my kingdom. Of course, Peter then said, don't just stop with my feet, wash my head and my hands and everything. Yeah, it becomes ever so much more challenging to us, this humiliation of Jesus, when St. Paul comes to us in, epistle, in our epistle and starts out with these words. He says, have this mind among you. In other words, Jesus is saying, what I am demonstrating to you in not grasping my divine authority, but humbling myself, that's what I want you to live your life like. Empty yourself, humble yourself. I will do it to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now, when I used to teach the uh, humiliation of Jesus to eighth graders when I was teaching religion, I would try to explain the steps of humiliation like this. I would describe an eighth grader riding on a bus and uh, it was a beautiful spring morning and there were no high schoolers on the bus. So that meant the eighth graders were the kings of the bus. They ruled the bus, right? And then I said, out of nowhere, a first grader comes back to where you are sitting on your royal eighth grade throne and they take your baseball cap that you're wearing and throw it out the window because the window's open in the bus and stomp on your feet and spit in your face and go, na-na-na-na-na-na. And the eighth grade boys especially would say to me, Pastor, that would not happen. That could not happen. We would not allow that to happen. And I said, well, well wait a minute. What if you allowed it to happen? What if you just took it and the whole bus was laughing at you? And the answer always was, that would be humiliating. Yes, it would. It sure would. Kind of like the God of the universe. The God of the universe who put the stars in their places and the planets in their orbits to be conceived in the womb of a virgin, to be born a seven-pound baby boy and placed in a manger, to suffer and be crucified and die and be buried. That would be humiliating. But those are the six steps of humiliation that we confess when we say the Apostles' Creed. And so before I finish up my explanation about humiliation, let me take you back again to Paul's epistle to the Philippians. Only this time I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, where he says, Consider the humility of Jesus Christ, who had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human, and stayed human. 
It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, crucifixion. Nobody takes my life from me, Jesus says. I give it of my own accord. The humiliation of Jesus is where we start this Holy Week with. But let's move on because we have some lessons to learn for the way in which the Lord would have us live now as Holy Week Christians. If that really was God's Son entering Jerusalem on a donkey, and it was with those uh, fishermen and tax collectors and the poor, who knows where Jesus might end up showing himself next, huh? Why, he would maybe even show up with the addicts and the thieves and the abused and the cheats and the frauds. He even went and touched lepers. He visited with prostitutes. He ate and drank with tax collectors. He spoke with the mild and the meek. And if he makes common cause with the sinners of this earth, if he shares in their lives, if he doesn't consider himself any greater than they are, if in fact he serves them, teaches them, and dies for them, then with one stroke of his unconditional love, he has obliterated all the distinctions that I have worked so hard to build in my holy and pious life. If his love is that indiscriminate, and it is, if he can be poor with the poor and weak with the weak, if his love can cause him even willingly to die for his enemies, then if I believed in him, I would have to begin to love just as indiscriminately as he did. C.S. Lewis once said, Humility is not thinking less of yourselves, but thinking of yourself less. Let me repeat that. Humility is not thinking less of yourselves, but thinking of yourself less. Now, we are not done, because before I close, I want to speak about the doxology that St. Paul puts at the end of this epistle lesson from Philippians. Yes, he does teach us about humility, but then St. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, this servant, this slave, this humble one riding on a donkey is still the king. The humble will be exalted. And by the end of the book of Revelation, Jesus will not be riding a donkey. He'll be riding a white horse, dressed in a robe soaked with blood, and he will have the armies of heaven riding along with him. And there will be a banner that goes across his breast and across his thighs that says, King of kings and Lord of lords. But until that day, until that day when the victorious King of Kings shows himself in all of his exaltation, he has something to pass on to you and to me. It is his servant robe. You all remember Jesus saying to his disciples, pick up your cross and follow me? Have you ever 
wondered what that means, especially on Palm Sunday, follow me. As he enters Jerusalem, heading to Golgotha, follow me. Huh? Well, he certainly doesn't mean that we should, we should go and die on a cross. He did that once and for all. So what is this cross that we're supposed to pick up to follow Jesus on Palm Sunday? Well, he says, first of all, deny yourselves. It is to deny yourself. That's the cross. It is to know someone who is headed for a Christless eternity. What are you going to do about it? It is to see American culture drifting further and further away from God's will. What are we going to do about it? It is to see injustice and oppression. What do we do about it? It is to see people in need. What are we going to do about it? Those are the crosses we have to bear. It is to see the blessing of abundance in our own lives. What are we going to do with this abundance? It is to see our to-do list every morning when we wake up and say, where's God in all of this? What are we going to do about it? That humble servant robe Jesus takes off of him victoriously on this Palm Sunday day and places it upon your shoulders. He wants you to become his servants in this world. He is king, not despite his being meek and lowly, but precisely because he is meek and lowly. He is king. So on this Palm Sunday, I hope you can see Jesus Christ coming into your life in special ways that makes this week really special in your homes, in your personal life, in your interactions with those who are out there in this world that so desperately need Jesus. I hope you realize that he didn't just ride into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. He rode straight into the hearts of his people. And we say, ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. Bow thy meek head to mortal pain, then take, O Christ, your power and reign. Amen. Will you bow your heads to pray? King of the universe, through your word you have ridden into our lives today. You have brought peace and victory with you. And we give you thanks for the humility by which you paraded into this world of sin. So let us pick up the psalms of praise today and give you the honor and glory as we enter into this most holy week of the Christian's year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you got palm branches, and you're going to sing Hosanna huh, to the King of David. Let's rise and give praise to Jesus.